Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to be sure you guys are all current on the awesome speakers we have coming up and other exciting opportunities. So we are creating an email distro list, and this is voluntary. Um, if you guys want to join, please head over to boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email, and we'll add you to the list. A quick bit of housekeeping in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can. We're keeping hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open, and this week, AB will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Thank you, NJ. This week, it is our honor and privilege to interview the queen bee herself, Liz Atherton. Liz has over 40 years working in the talent business. In addition to developing talent who have starred in Oscar-winning films, she was the first talent agent licensed to operate in multiple states, including Texas, California, and Louisiana, as well as the first talent agency to have a presence on the web, all developed by Liz and her team. Way ahead of her time, always. Liz is currently the founder and CEO of Cast Talent, an online platform connecting creative talent with crew work. And crew with work, sorry. She and her team recently launched Cast Voices, their first vertical that serves the voiceover community. Prior to Cast Talent, Liz was the founder of the Atherton Group, or TAG Talent Agency, a successful boutique talent agency that represented the best VO and on-camera talent and consistently landed in the top 1% on IMDb. Liz is most proud of her four grown children who put philanthropy first, and she and her adorable 20-year-old pup, Fish, call Austin home. Back to you, NJ. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for joining us today. You guys, I sound like I've done something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've done a little bit and you're so modest. <laughs> well, just anyway, thank you for that uh, lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Love y'all's pictures. Alicia, I'm just saying, Jen and Jen are a little ahead of you there, man. You need to kind of give it some spunk. Although you look beautiful. <laughs> That's as spunky as I get. <laughs> I'm just uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, Liz, we are so glad you're here. And we, everyone down in the audience, start pinging people because this is going to be an incredible room. If you know Liz, even by reputation or not personally, this is going to be an incredible room you're not going to want to miss. So today we are talking, I'm going to use Liz's coined phrase, which is, what is it, Liz? Tell me your phrase so I don't mess <laughs> it up. That's right. A second chance at a first impression. That's it. A second chance at a first impression. So, Liz, what you need to know, our Thursday night group, we, we also meet on Mondays, but we also have a Thursday night group. And this group is, we call it VO 101, but, you know, there is something to, to just remembering and revisiting the fundamentals, no matter what level you are, wherever you are in your VO journey. And I think this is a really important one. And one that, you know, if for those of you don't know, Liz is also taking on casting, a casting director role. And this topic comes up time and time again lately. The first chance at a sec, or what does it say it again? Second chance at a first impression. Exactly. Okay. So let's jump in. What are we talking about? We're talking about auditions. And when you, as, an, as a casting director, are getting auditions, how long are you even listening to these auditions before you get that first impression? Seconds. Seconds, truly. When I have, <clears throat> the last one I just, I did, or the next to last, uh, had over 350 submissions. 
And I make a, 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 I give the actors my word. If I get your audition, I will listen to it. But my first listen through is at a very high level, non-critical, if you will, space. If I can't hear it <clears throat> next, and I'm telling you true story, I have listened to some that are have a, a bad volume and their reads are solid, but I can't send them forth to the client because all of my auditions, 100% require a broadcast quality home studio or you have to have access one on your own nickel. That's just where the world is right now. So if I have an audition come in that I cannot hear, it's done. You know, you don't get a second chance. And that's different than a second chance, the first impression. So right. because we're so conditioned, right, with TikTok and everything, we talk. We, we we have our impressions in three to six seconds. And when you have 350 of them to go through, <clears throat> I do my first weed out on that. That's and amazing. Three it, to six seconds. It's a true story. And I'm not trying to be a schmuck about it. True story. It's that if I, or, or if you sent me <laughs> a foreign language demo instead of an audition. Now, that's a, just a no brainer. But if I can't hear you. That tells me two things. You haven't gone the extra mile to make sure that your sound is good. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to plug Roy here and you all may know someone that does this as well. So I'm not trying to step on toes, but Antland Productions, Uncle Roy Yokelson, he does a free 20 minute test where he'll test what your, your auditions sound like. And if that's the first gateway to staying in the pool and the pool, what casting directors our pool is <clears throat> as many good auditions as we can, we send to the client unless they specifically said, I only want this many. And so I want my pool big. I mean, you know, getting to 100, 150, it's a lot, but they listen to them all too. But when you're starting at over 300 and you're trying to just get through, get through, get through, my first litmus test is sound and it's quick and easy answer. So when you're talking sound, there's two parts to this. And I want to make sure everyone down below understands there is what your audio sounds like, how, how the, how the actors yes. are coming through. But the other part is when you say sound, it's volume. It means if you've got 10, if you've got 10 auditions and one is sounds like this, and the next one sounds like this. And then the next one sounds like this. That's what you're talking about, right? A hundred percent. Yes. I thought you were going to go to sound and then, and it is, it's volume. It is yeah. volume. Although you can tell when somebody's sitting in the car. Right. Right. And you're not doing yourself any, any benefits there. And don't send a demo. Listen. Oh, let me clarify for the room. These are my my twerks that I like. Oh, twerk, that's not the right word. Anyway, the things that I like, uh, other casting directors may or certainly do have their own world of audition protocol. But for me, this is, it is a volume thing. And <clears throat> at some point I'm going to do, oh, actually Roy has, um, we're going to do a, a fundraiser. I'll, I don't want to uh, steal it with Roy, but uh where where people can hear, I want y'all to hear what I hear. And there's we're gonna do this audition run, and maybe we'll do it here, Jen, with you. Um, I think we are. Where yeah. you? Um, yeah. Sorry, I got confused there. No, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> we'll circle back uh, to you, that so, at the end. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Just but so you can hear. Yep. So so okay. So you're a casting director. I am submitting my audition, and my audio's good. The volume is good. What about that audition keeps you listening? Uh, that is, it is nuanced in every single audition that crosses my ears. Um, so the last one uh, that I did, I think it was Whole Foods. I think, I think it's, well, I'll just use them as an example. Uh, the client did not specify whether or not they wanted an accent. 
And so I, because we, you know, my platform is worldwide and that's, that's my pool. I can add to my pool. Other casting directors use other pools. I happen to use cast voices as my pool. So um, people from Europe auditioned. And if they gave me a good solid read, even though they had, I think I had an, um, an Italian accent come through, several British accents came through and one East Asian. Um, so it was, it was, you know, to me, it was delightful. And since I didn't specify it wasn't okay. Um, and I say that because that's a quote unquote unique voice. Okay. And that is a sound. Um, but I, it's Jen, it just depends. I really, I'm rooting for the talent. So then I kind of go into, uh, I guess the acting part, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, what am I hearing? Am I hearing the standard read, you know, ah, or am I hearing the standard read? You know, those are just, that was the same words, two different deliveries are close. Just nuanced. Yeah. Yep. And I also encourage people, and this is that second chance at a first audition kind of conversation. If you, we had this lovely uh, clubhouse earlier today with Dave Fennoy, and he said, you know, it's the connection. And I loved that he said that. Um, If you have two different voices that are different and they can connect with the uh, casting director, do it. If you've got one that's you know, an Irish leprechaun, do it. I mean, don't be ridiculous, but, you know, do it. Put that stuff out there. You guys are so much more than just reading, hi, my name is Liz, you know? Hey, my name is Liz. Okay, I probably wouldn't do that. But still. <laughs> <laughs> That's a second take. <laughs> I'm just to say it. I have this really fun exercise. Sorry, I'm going to beef up my energy a little bit here that I love to do with actors and I, y'all don't, we don't have to do it right now, but I want you to do this. Everybody in the room, because you will be surprised your direction and you use whatever copy you want. I don't care if it's um, reading verse. I want you to read your copy in what you consider to be your sexiest voice. And I, you will be surprised what a lovely voice comes out on the other end. And it's not sexy, sorry. I mean, some of you certainly have that skill, but you'll notice that you drop into your lower register and you start saying, hey, Jen, how are you? Yeah, I was thinking about having some coffee. You know, you just change. I'm not a VO actor, but you just completely change. And that's a really good second read. Now, leave the sexy out, but put your sexy voice there. Anyway. But you know what, Liz? I mean, you just you just validated your own exercise because that sounded more natural and conversational and just dropped in a lower register. That was it. I'm telling you. And it just sounded yeah, it sounded so quote real. And it's a really different voice. It's yeah. a really different voice because so many of you in your voiceover prowess, which you're so good at, you're out here and I'm, you know, we're, we're hanging with pals, we're hanging with pals, we open up our door to our secret booth, we step in and suddenly we are voiceover actors and we just change. And I promise you, everyone in this room does that. You just change. And I would encourage you to differentiate the business person and the actor stepping in the booth. When you step in that booth, just let the heart of you, the actor in you be there. You know, if you're doing your business there too, change the lighting, I don't know. But when you step in the booth, don't try to become a a different persona. Just take on the characters that you've developed, but leave all the business thoughts and words and deeds, leave all that outside. Let that other side of you, what I call you, y'all have heard me say this, but C-suite, leave that outside the door and just step in there and relax. Relax. You are one killer voiceover actor. Every one of you, whether you are not experienced or you are making a thousand figures, God, wouldn't that be nice? Anyway. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) I know, right? But, uh, But you, you, you just need to 
love what you're doing and that will come through. It is not a chore. If it's a chore, rethink it. You know, I know some of you now it's it's become a livelihood that you depend upon. So some of that sometimes feels like a chore, but you'll be so much better suited if you really just go in with the the actor side of you. Leave all the business outside and just bring that actor forward and just say, who am I today? I'm Sybil and I got 18 of me in here. So which one's popping out? <laughs> I hope everybody knows who Sybil is. <laughs> Surely they do. Go look it up. So this, I'm showing my age. I, no, but I do it too. So let's keep going with this, this, this um, train of thought. So we're, you're, you know, we've done the acting, we've prepared, we are, our sound is good and we're submitting the audition. What, and you're, you're interested, you've, you're compelled enough to make it past the three to six seconds. So let's stay with your train of thought here. What makes a second take? That's a real good, a real good question. Um, well, I'm going to start with, if you're going to give me a second take, let me know at the beginning. Okay. Let me know. Explain Jen, that. Explain that to everybody. What does that look like? Slate. Jean, Jen, Liz Atherton, two takes. That's the way I want and it And that's done. it. Don't say anymore. That's it. No. And, you know, I will tell you, I have changed my, I mean, I believe I was the first agent, and this was in the 90s, that had all of my voice actors stop slating. And it changed the industry. And, I, and, and my logic was, listen, and even Dave said this today, and I'm just, it kind of gives me a tingle because I know I was the first one to make this happen. And so it's kind of fun. Anyway, um, <clears throat> The thought was in your slate, you're going to hear a voice. And again, when you've got 400 auditions to listen through, if you don't like the voice you hear, clink, it's real hard to make a judgment on Liz Atherton two takes. You know, I mean, it's, it's a whole lot of words with a whole lot of meaning in a real short period of time. So you're not going to lose my attention. But what you are going to tell me is that you gave me two different reads. And that's what I want is two different reads. I don't want you to say, hey, I'm Liz Atherton. And then, oh, hey, I'm Liz Atherton. <laughs> no. You know, what I want is, and guys, again, my disclaimer, I'm not a voiceover artist. My, but, hey, I'm Liz Atherton. is <laughs> my, I don't know, swing girl. And, I, you know, Hey, I'm Liz. At God, it's terrible. I'm just such a bad example. Let, let me let me help you. <laughs> please, please. I'm, I'm going to pull you out of the water on this one. So, the best, the best, the best description I've heard, and actually, AB told me, but it was somebody else who told her, was don't be a vanilla cupcake and a vanilla cupcake with sprinkles. That that is not two different things. That's just kind of, huh? and then like. Right. So that's that's where the differentiation comes. But Liz, I don't want to talk over you. So I want you to speak to also being intentional about the second take. Like if you don't have oh, it in yeah. you, if you don't you have, have it in to. you, then then don't do it. Okay, so we go back to my saying a second chance at a first impression. Really? That's really what you're trying to do, because the beauty of being a voice actor <clears throat> is that you can you have many uh, remember. OK, so remember, you got C-suites, all your business sitting up in your cranium but down in your heart. <clears throat> you've got many different characters that you play. And it could be, you know, you're in this register and your name is Susie. You're down in this register and your name is Jessica, whatever, you know, but those are characters that you've developed. You know what they wear, <clears throat> you know what they do, and they're sitting down here in your heart. When you have a chance to give a second take, <clears throat> you need to pick a completely different character than the one that read the first time. Your little talent agent up in your head needs to come down and say, OK, I want these two characters that are voices that I've developed <clears throat> that meet the specs and I will give both of these reads. And they better not sound like the same person. Or they shouldn't. Listen, that's so threatening. Or they better not. But it's don't waste anybody's time doing that. Oh, and please don't do something like this. You have a two-sentence audition. I'm Liz Atherton. I live in Leander. 
I'm Liz Atherton. I'm Liz Atherton. I'm Liz Atherton. I live in Leander. I live in Leander. Oh my God. <laughs> it drove me crazy. And uh, there's several people that audition that way and don't change the copy, but I digress, Jen. I'm sorry. No, um, Make- I think, no, you're, you're, you're feeding right into the questions that, um, you know, that have been submitted to us. So let's talk about the script. Let's talk about possible improvisation. Now we're on the audition side. We're not to production yet because we know that can do a, (laughs) we know firsthand that can do a complete 180, but we're talking from the audition side, how, how to the script should actors stay? And now this is your opinion. Um, And is there any, yeah, kind of leeway for a little improv? So if it's a commercial, I think it's best to read the copy as written because uh, the 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 team, the, the creative team behind it has measured those words in time. And it's just better just to stay on stay on script for those. I think where you have some leeway is uh, in, certainly anything animation. Uh, well animation, maybe gaming, where you're a character, right? <clears throat> or sometimes commercials will come through and they're not strict. They'll say, have fun with it. Well, then go literally have fun with it. Um, but if it's copy, especially when they say read the whole thing, guys, they're not trying to lift your voice, your you know non-mixed voice. They're not trying to do that. What they're trying to do is make sure that the words they have written with your voice meet the tempo of the project they're trying to create. So um, I lost my train of thought. Save me, Jen. Come back. Uh, We were talking about... um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not alone. (laughs) Alicia, save us. We are talking about how to make our two takes really stand out and be different enough to catch your attention. Um, and I, I loved the, the vanilla cupcake with sprinkles thing, JT. That was um, J. Michael Collins, okay, perfect. I think, at VO Atlanta last year who said that. Um, I think that's who it was. So y'all correct me if, if, you, if you know. It was me. Uh, <laughs> Liz is taking credit. Yeah, yeah. It could have been. No, it, it was not been. me. But I love it. Oh, no, I, I know. We were talking about improvising the copy. Oh, oh there yes. we go. That's there we right. go. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. So, uh, I just think it if you are a character stepping into a, a series, a, a TV show, uh, you know, a, a, not really children book narration, but something where you're actually kind of a performer as the VO, I think there you can take some poetic license uh, within reason. Don't do like some people have done and completely rewrite the script. Oh, my word. I have had that happen more than once. And I'm like, I'm not quite sure what you're thinking here, but just don't do it. <clears throat> and uh, I talked with an actor. I kind of have a kind of a win story and I'm real happy about it. Um, uh, this actor reached out the other day and we just had a, a chit chat and he was talking about how he's just not booked the thing. And he said, well, this is what I do. I do a lead in and I cut it. Of course, I don't leave it on edit and I do this and this. And I said, well, clearly whatever you're doing is not working. <laughs> Drop the lead in, you know, don't do that. Don't warm up that way. Imagine yourself as a character. And this was what for him, but imagine yourself as that character voice. Step out of your head and into your heart and imagine yourself as that character voice. That's who stepped in the booth. Maybe whatever you were wearing, just have all of that in your head space when you step before the mic. And when you're doing those kind of character rates, Jen, that's when I think you can take some poetic license. Otherwise, <clears throat> People are mighty proud of their words. I know we don't. We don't want to start offending the production company before we do the words, right? All right. Yeah, it's just not not a real good idea. So let's. Um. Okay. So here's another question that was submitted that I think is actually excellent. As the casting director, you're given specs. This could be uh, male, female. This could be down to accent, to age. Um, I should have said gender, excuse me. Um, and so when you're listening, do you inadvert, not inadvertently, do you start cutting based on 
meeting the specs? Like how invested in the specs are you versus a good read? Uh, I am invested in the specs as far as, as far as perceived age range. Okay. Vocal range. Y'all, y'all have someone tell you what your vocal range is because some of y'all are, are confused. But, you know, I listen for a vocal range. If I'm looking for somebody or listening for somebody in the 30 to 40 uh, vocal range, 20 somethings, you stick out like a sore thumb. Not that you're a bad read because you're awesome. You, some of you guys are just have the best energy ever, but you, you don't sound 30 to 40 in my ear right? In their ear, they could. So that no harm, no foul. So that's one thing I listen for. And then I listen for the, I best way to put this, the smoothness of the read. You know, some people try to chop it up by sentence. And unless they're trying, they're ta- saying, hey, say only these two sentences, take a big old pause. And then say the next two sentences, it should be read fluidly, right? Even if you had the storyboards, it should be read fluidly because I'm listening for what makes me connect with you. What makes me want to hear you say that again? And that's, I mean, really, what makes me want to hear you say that again? And in terms of specs, I did have a guy submit on a female role. And his logic was that, well, he is a narrator and he sometimes plays female characters. And so that means that he can use his beautiful male voice to audition for a female role. That one didn't work because there was no mistaking that he was not a female. So, um, I, Jen, it, gosh, it's just it's so it just so depends. Well, let's, I will let's put, use a point I'll of reference forward. Okay. Well, let's let's use a point of reference. Um, we had cast voices had an audition come through that I'm going to say suggested a southern accent. But my goodness, I mean, you you have a southern accent, but it's a Texas one. There's Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama. Like that's a very broad term. So it could have gone really extreme and almost like you've said before, almost character sounding and it not did authentic yeah <laughs> okay and I, it did. I got some of so, those so yeah so so <laughs> i think kind of understanding you know so um what did you hear when you so well, let's talk you about know, honestly it's hard for me to hear a texas accent because i'm a texas accent and so the only time i would really hear it would be on certain words but i kind of they I had a, a follow-on message from the producer saying not too over the top. And so to me, that meant anybody that's <laughs> not too over the top. And I made that decision because I, there, gosh, some of those reads that weren't even a Texas accent were so phenomenal. And out of the five callbacks, I think only two had the accent right so bravo you know um but if as an actor as the voiceover i think you should pay attention to the specs i think you should because i did notice when people didn't have one at all they sounded like they were from canada you know yeah yeah (laughs) that's not you know um but I think you should try. There was another audition that came through. Y'all may have to help me here. Um, Primatine Mist. Yeah. And so Primatine Mist, in the specs, she said, give me a quick, fast read. But you awesome VO artists out there said, I'll give her this 15-second read because that's what she sent over. Copy, I mean, uh, storyboards laid out timed at 15 seconds and you guys are so awesome that's what you gave me a bunch of 15 second reads but the one that stuck out to them one of the ones that stuck out to them was a girl that didn't pay any attention to that and paid attention to the spec which said give me a pretty fast read here I want to make sure you know don't worry about it. I understand I got it you know that's what I mean and you her pace was 
fast and it, it, it's, it stood out. And so she was one of the callbacks. Yeah. Um, so I'm such an actor advocate <clears throat> and I'm so, I'm just, I love voices. I mean, I just love them. So if somebody's bringing me a decent read, you know, that it, it's clear they know what they're doing and that is a part of it. It's clear they know what they're doing, which is if, if they slate or not, how that comes across, uh, the breaks they put in the read, you know, the, there's some people that you can tell someday they're going to be a good voiceover actor, the more, more of the younger crowd, but they're just, either their training is different than I would like to hear, or they're just, just getting started and they haven't learned all. There is a skill to delivering voiceover. It, you know, the goal is to make it sound like it's not voiceover, but doing that it is a conscious, can be a conscious effort. And it's hard. Well, we have yet to talk. I know collectively we have yet to talk to a casting director who is not rooting for talent. They want the new voice. They want the fresh blood. They want you to succeed. So when you bring your best work, that will get listened to. 100%. Uh, they don't know who you are listening. Your name may be in the file because we have to know how to find you. But they don't know who you are. So they are just truly listening for the sake of listening. So it's an even, unless there's a specific request to sound like so-and-so, a, a voice match, or <clears throat> a celebrity, you are a celebrity voice. The rest of it is, do I connect? And that's what they're looking for. They're just, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you make $600,000 a year, or this is your very first VO job to book. You bring, you bring your skill set. It's an equal opportunity. All right. On that note, it looks like we've hit our half an hour and I'm going to just jump in and do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties and our goal is to help working voice actors get the answers to their questions from the pros who know. Tonight, we're joined by Liz Atherton, cast voices founder, casting director, and mentor. And we're discussing the first impressions and two takes and your second chance at a first impression. Thanks for joining us and let's get back to the interview. NJ. Okay. Uh, before we continue, AB, I saw a question from dear sweet Steve Snyder. Do we have questions from the chat? <laughs> uh, I think Steve's connection is, uh, Steve's question is valuable. <laughs> um, Yes, we have a couple of questions. Um, we were wondering, and I say we because I'm curious as well. Um, so no accent, even though the specs say accent, could still book the job. So my question is, is it because it's more about maybe the tonality that they're going for? Or um, is there Alicia, it's, it's all it? those things. It's all those things, right? So remember, they it, it the it before it went to them, it had already been scanned for uh, sound, so it's already sounding good. It's um the it's already been called right by the, uh, the casting director, um, or that's what's going on. So by the time you're listening for the delivery, there's already been a bunch of tests that have had already passed. Um, what drew me was just the absolute skill in the delivery, truly just the skill in the delivery. They would, you know, end on a question when it should be a question. They'd take the right pregnant pause when there should be a pregnant pause. <clears throat> uh, but I think a, maybe a better answer for your, your, your review or your, your question is, if you can do the accent and it's asking for an accent, you should do the accent. I, I, I think you should because that's the spec. But 
all of you are so, so many of you are talented that you're going to try anyway. Uh, it's not always like that where people are genuinely, genuinely more lenient. <clears throat> that particular one was for, I believe, Academy. And I may have that wrong, but I, I believe it was for an internal video. And they kind of figured out that maybe that's not what they needed to do. And it's, you know, you got to be real careful with a Southern accent because suddenly you can become, you know, there's, you know, it, yeah, you sound like you're, you're not smart, you know, all those things. Well, I'll be, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff to it. So you got to be careful with it. Um, since I don't have an accent, I'm not real sure. But I, <laughs> you know. See, but. I have pretty strong feelings on this myself because I am from North Carolina, born and raised in the South, and I had a very strong accent as a child. But I worked really hard to coach it out of myself, and it's hard for me to pull it back and, and go back into that accent. But twice I have auditioned and booked jobs with a Southern accent. And both times when I got into the session, they said, you know what, we just want your regular voice. Don't do the accent. So both times they, they, I did do the accent for the audition. I tried <laughs> and they said, yeah, yeah, the accent, not so great, but we like you. So, so. <laughs> yes. So we're agreeing, we're agreeing yeah. coming at it from two different air, um, <clears throat> directions. Yeah. I, um, but keep in mind, you still, it's the neutral voices that have a better shot at something like that than per se a Boston accent. And I did have some Boston accents come through for Texas. You know, I'm just like, well, <clears throat> I'm not thinking that that one's a, a, a go, but I, you know, I honor the try. <laughs> and again, so if they, if they gave me a good read, it's in, I, you gotta be, yeah. You know, I wouldn't be too way off. I had a French one too. You know, no, so it's not quite. We had a couple other questions. One, um, one person asked that, and I'm not, I'm not sure if this is a question that you uh, want to answer, but I want to make sure we address it. Jasper asked, he's sick and he just got started in VO and he's wondering what you do when you're sick. Do you have anything to speak to that? Or do you want us to answer that? Well, you just quit doing anything until you're not sick. <laughs> I mean, you just stop. It's, I, I understand the need. Listen, 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 Linda, remember that old kid? Anyway, your, your, your instrument is your moneymaker and do not risk changing that or hurting that when, if you rest it, the requisite days, whether it's three or 10, whatever it calls, don't mess up your moneymaker. If you were playing golf and your hand was sick, you certainly wouldn't keep playing golf, you know, but it's even more so with your voice. It's just such a fine instrument. Don't mess it up. But y'all may have a different take on that. Oh, no, I agree. What do you think, Jens? I, mm, that's tough. If it's an audition that I really, really, really don't want to miss, I will do my very best <laughs> to, um, you know, hit the Sudafed beforehand and cough drops and tea. I've got a whole cabinet full of tea for all kinds of things that I'll drink before I go into the booth if I'm sick. Um, but that's one but, or two auditions. That's right, not yeah. pumping out your 10 or 20 a day. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. you have to be really picky and and you have to really, really want it. You can't go into an average day if you're sick. Um, Honestly, it's it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of the the casting director's time, and you're just doing more damage to yourself. So unless it's something that you absolutely can't pass up, just give yourself a day or two to rest. Well, and Jen, <laughs> you already have this beautiful like low register voice. The other thing is that people need to keep in mind is when you're sick, it physically changes your voice. So when I'm sick, my voice drops like three octaves. So if I were to do a job and get it, and they were like, we'd like you to do it exactly the same as you just did it. I'd be toast, toast, because I couldn't do it again. Absolutely true. Yep. Same thing. I, I will tell everyone listening, I did uh, get sick. I lost my voice a few years ago and I talked through it. 
Luckily, I was not a professional voice actor yet. This was about six years ago. And I I talked through it to talk to my kids and to do things. And I ended up with lesions on my vocal cords and lost my voice for six months. Six ah. months. So See, do yes. not push. When your voice feels rough, do not push. Reschedule that job. Give up the audition. Now, it's different what JT's saying when you, you know, you can just... You just you're just feeling a little sick. You've got a little stuffy nose. Maybe you've got a little bit of a trick, tickle in your throat. You can talk fine. That's okay. But when you're hoarse, do not push. So we have a couple more questions. Pass on past my overly dramatic dramatics there. Um, <laughs> next question is: How much do the rules change for auditions between genres? So if we step outside of commercial and we go into something like corporate or medical narration or something along those lines, do the rules change? In your delivery, you know, in your delivery, but in terms of casting, no. I mean, so an animation gig comes through, right? Well, you have to, you got to know the script. You got to know the context. It'd be nice if you could see your character. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on before you start opening your mouth to represent that character. Whereas commercial copy, you, you know your target audience. You kind of know a delivery style they're looking for. It, they mandate how you how they want those words to come out. Whereas in animation, they're looking for your creativity to how you deliver those words. So in that regard, it changes dr- drastically versus, you know, medical narration where, good Lord Almighty, that's awesome that you can do it. But, you know, when you got to be saying a bunch of things like spectrometer or whatever, you know, that's, you, that, you're in a whole different <laughs> mindset there too. So, but in terms of testing, listen, the rules don't change. Sound, does it sound good? Does it sound like I think it ought to be delivered? You know, you don't yeah. certainly don't want to bring your Jim Carrey in to read medical narration. Well, buddy, we just gave them a physiotomy or whatever, you know, this is not, I'm not quite sure why I picked that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, men in the audience. <laughs> if you know, you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Okay. On that note, Liz, who do you feel like is the best person to ask what someone's vocal range is? <clears throat> Anybody that you don't know, you know, because it just, it, it, it's just nuanced. I mean, I'm using that word again, but your family's going to tell you they're going to be biased because they know who you are. Your friends are going to be biased because they know who you are. They know you're a mom and you're, 32 years old or whatever, right? Um, it's 33, Liz. <laughs> well, and I, you know, in my bio, it said I've been doing this for 40 years. And I kind of wanted to chip in and say I started when I was two. Got it? I started in the womb. Kind of funny story. I kind of really did. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a whole nother, whole nother story. Um, yeah, I asked somebody else. There's a really good exercise you can do for on camera, but it's think of it of doing it this way with your voice on camera actors. You sit them in a room where they have someone to their left and someone to their right. And that actor writes down five describing words of herself. And then the person to her right also writes down five describing words of her, as does the person to the left. And, you know, her description is sexy, beautiful, <laughs> shapely, whatever. And their, their description are mom, you know, secretary, whatever. And it's very, very eye-opening. And the same is true for you voiceover people. Have somebody that you don't know listen to a recording of your voice trying to be the age range of the spec and you'll you know there you know as you get seasoned <laughs> your voice begins to have a tenor to it you know a maturity probably maturity. with me mommy not so much in my words but in my sound maybe maybe not but I think it does and you can hear older voices 
that aren't trying to be older. You know, there are some beautiful people's voices that they're 30 years old and they sound like, you know, 70. That's just to their voices. But ask somebody you don't know. I love that. I I paid uh, Natasha Marchevka to do an audition audit um, for her voice one, two, three pros. And uh, she told me the words that she, one of the words she used for my voice was youthful. And I was only auditioning for more like 40 plus roles because I thought that's how I sounded. And I was shocked when she said my voice sounded youthful and it was a totally different perspective. I started auditioning for younger roles and started booking younger roles. And well, then that was worth every penny. It was. Yeah. So get somebody else, pay a coach always. Coaches are a great place to start. Um, Yes. All right. Next question. Um, And I love this one. Do you, if you have a, uh, and I just lost the question, but I'm trying, okay. If you have two reads, one is a safe read and one is a little bit off spec, kind of second take that's a little bit more your own style, should you Mm -hmm. put the interesting take first and the safe take second or the safe take first and the interesting take second? Whichever one you like best. I've got, you know, y'all are all buds and, uh, and I don't know that I've ever done this with any of y'all, but I can tell you time after time, my friends will say, Liz, which one do I, they'll send it to me because <laughs> they know how to get to me. Liz, which one do I put first? And I'll, you know, I'll say the second take or the first take, irrespective of what they think they've sent, because I'm listening for what's most interesting and it's good. So I, it, I think it varies. I think it really varies and don't let it vary on the spec. Let it vary on, I mean, if you make me spec, of course, but on which one do you like better? Which one did you feel better delivering? Which one was more fun? I like that. And that's the one I would put first. Which one is more? Because fun? that's, 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 that's the one you want to be hired with, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be, you want to be hired with that voice that was, you know, bubbly and effervescent as opposed to that voice that thinks she's sexy, <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So Stefan Frank asked, as a casting director, have you ever received an audition from the same artist, but from different agents simultaneously? I have not on my platform, but I know that exists. And shame, shame, shame on the actor. Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. I was going to say, the agents aren't going to have any idea they're submitting you at the same time as someone else. That's on the actor. That is on the actor. And you, if you get an audition from multiple agents, you pick the one you think has either you got it from them first, or you think that their association with your audition has a better chance of booking. In that thought process, be careful if you're like, oh, well, my elite California agent sent me this, as did my regional agent over here. So I'm going to send it through my elite California agency. (laughs) Keep in mind in that elite California agency, you're all elite voices. So you may or may not make that agent's cut if they have so many to choose. Whereas this regional agent over here is hustling and you think they have a better shot because they both got the audition. So casting is going to receive from both of them. So you pick the one you think has the best shot at you getting it through. Keep in mind your uh, exclusive, exclusivity rules with your agents. Um, if you are in a certain region and you have an exclusivity rule, then you follow that exclusivity rule. That is just common courtesy. That is good business practices. So if you got an audition, like say it's an audition in Timbuktu and they want you to actually live in Timbuktu because they want to bring you into the studio. This has never happened, but it's more of an on-camera thing. But that was the rules. They did want you to come in. Um, then you should submit through that Timbuktu agency. Because if you submit through another agency coming in, your Timbuktu agency has probably exclusivity rights and they will be pissed. Bad word, but they will be angry. And we know it because I, it happens a lot in on camera. I'm not as familiar with that in VO, but it's just the right thing to only do it once. It just is. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, we have an, a, a good question from a VO producer, and I'm curious for your take on this. She says, besides the basics like water and brakes, et cetera, what are some of the best practices as a VO producer to take care of my cast? I'm assuming she's talking about in studio since many of us work um, remotely these days, but can you speak to that? What I think, well, actually, I think that I should defer that to you three ladies because you're the voice actors. I would tell you in my space, I would be supporting whatever you wanted me to do. So I really, I'm not trying to deflect. I just, I'm not in the studio like you girls are. How can producers best suit to make sure everything runs well and you feel good and all that? Why don't y'all take that one? I would say, um, I mean, from my end, always make sure that I've got a giant bottle of water in there with me. Um, and it depends on how long the session is scheduled for. If it's a half an hour session, you're fine. Um, I recently went through a series of um, scripts for, they were half hour shows and the sessions were booked for four hours. And um, while the producer didn't feel it needed to go for four hours, the client did. So we were in the booth for four hours for each episode. And, um, you know, just the producer asking, do you need a break? Do you need to go get more water? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Do you, you know, ask the client what they need or ask the voice actor what they need if it, if it gets longer. And that's greatly appreciated. Liz, you could probably speak to, well, maybe you can speak to this. There's now I know mo many of us are non-union still, but, but SAG also has rules in place for most of this too. I mean, yes, they do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just, I was taking my water break. Um, <laughs> they do. Um, and it's, it's depends on the age. If you're under 18, if you're under 12, if you're over 18. Uh, whether how many breaks, how long you have to work. Um, but I don't do a lot of union work. When I was an agent, I was non-union. Um, although we did have union actors because it's we're a right-to-work state. Um, in the voiceover world, there is union work. But um, to be very honest, Jen, I don't know. Maybe, again, that's a union actor who can stand, who can speak to that more so than yeah. I can. Okay. Well, I but think, I think in any situation, honestly, sorry, just one second. Yeah, in good. any situation, you are part of a team. If you need a break, the people on the other side of that, you know, studio glass, whether it's literally there or 10,000 miles away are rooting for you to do it. Well, if they're not rooting for you to do it, well, you shouldn't be working with them. So they're rooting for you to do it well, and they're on your side. Feel empowered to speak up. Don't rewrite their words. <laughs> you might share this. They're saying something with the wrong um, accent. You know, maybe their interpretation or their translation is a little off. You might try to help carefully, carefully, but they're rooting for you. If you need to take a break. Guys, I need to take a break. No problem. I promise you. And when you're all doing that together, it's just going to have a better product. And again, if it's not, that's not your work environment, don't do that work environment. Yeah. And I would add it in studio is one thing, but also keep in mind if you're working with talent not in studio and they're in their booths that these little boxes get hot and they get stuffy and we need to stop and take a break and open our doors. And those are things that maybe people working remotely don't realize, you know, that, that we, we need some oxygen sometimes. 100%. Yeah. Cause they forget, cause they're in a, they're in a studio, right? Yeah. And they're in a studio that has spent lots of money to make sure they can have rooms air conditioned without noise, but you guys aren't so fortunate in your places and it does get hot. Yeah. Good point. Yep. All right. Uh, NJ, I think we got all the questions in the chat. I'm going to turn it back over to you if you want to wrap things up. Excellent. Oh, Liz, this is fantastic. I can't believe we've made it an hour. 
We appreciate you. you. Oh, and I love you too. We are so glad you joined us. So before you go, um, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, kind of James Lipton style. The first (laughs) is what singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? (gasps) Oh, gosh. I am so eclectic. Chris Stapleton, my word. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> After that national anthem, how could you not? Oh, listen, but he, right. this, I want you all, I actually screenshotted this. I have a random, I have Pandora, and it has stations it's created. And I, Chris wasn't in the name that I put in the station. I think it was uh, One Eskimo or I Love Filter. But let me tell you that this this song that he just came out, and I am going to do a post because I don't even have a boyfriend right now. But when I get married, I'm, I am dancing to this song. You ready? It's Sweetie, Sweet Symphony. And it's with this fabulous singer, Joy Oladokum. I don't know okay. her. I don't and either. Chris Stapleton. So y'all listen to that song. It is awesome. Great, Done. great question. Great question. All right. Here's your next one. Uh, are you listening to a podcast right now? You know, I'm not, and but I have a favorite. Uh, podcasts for me, uh, they kind of come in a couple of categories. I need to learn something. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I just want to enjoy the speaker. I listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I also, there's, it's, it, there is this hybrid, and it's called Shit Town. Sorry, bad word. But it's called Shit Town. And it is the most, it is a documentary that's happening literally by this NPR reporter as he's doing it and it is a murder mystery and it is so good I've listened to it twice it's it's seven hours of listening so I know that's not a podcast it's more of an audio but but it's a hybrid okay and the last question is what is your favorite dessert (sighs) yes (laughs) all of them I mean, I mean, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picky, but if I were going to have any dessert, the first one that comes to mind, it sounds so, and I haven't had it probably in 20 years, there is a butter, a butterscotch brownie sizzle at El Chico. <laughs> it just, it's so good. I'm it's in. a butterscotch brownie and it's, it's sizzling in butter and it's got ice cream that comes on the top of it and it's just heaven to your mouth. I mean, you put it in and it crumbles and it's the hot and I mean, mm, yeah, it's really good. Sounds so, fantastic. That would be my favorite. All right. Over to you, A.B. <laughs> Oh, I'm still, I thought I had to unmute myself. I was looking for my mic. <laughs> All right, Liz, thank you so much again for joining yeah. us. I like, I feel like I needed a page of notes for this. Um, thank you to everybody in the audience for joining us as well. And before you go, we want to remind you that we have grown to two nights a week. Um, obviously, if you're here on Thursday, you know that we're here on Thursdays. We're also here on Mondays. Both times are at 8 p.m., same time, same place. And JT, you want to tell them about what's coming up? Absolutely. Super excited to share that next week, our guest speaker is none other than the man we were talking about earlier, Uncle Roy Yokelson. <laughs> Uncle Roy is going to join us next Thursday night. Woo! Uh, he's going to tell us what he wishes new voice actors knew about um, your DAWs and your audio. We're going to talk about all those things. You'll want to tune in at the end of that clubhouse because we're going to announce the details of a collaboration with Liz and Cast Voices. And uh, you want to make sure you're with us to hear about an audition workshop that's coming up. Yay! So excited about that. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this is awesome. I love what you guys do. You, um, y'all are just right up my alley. You give back of your time. Appreciate it. You're the girls to do it. I love what you're doing, and I just support you with everything I can. You're awesome. Thank you. We love you, too. Um, And one quick note, our fundraiser for NAVA closes tonight at midnight. So you've got three hours left to order a shirt or a hoodie to help support the VO community. The link is pinned up at the top of the room. 
and you'll find it at boothbesties.com. So if you're heading over there to fill out the email, uh, to get on the email list, you can order it there. Those will be printed and shipped directly to you in just a few days. And to keep the conversation going, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and follow VOBB on Facebook if you want to hear replays of tonight's episode or previous ones. Or tomorrow, we're going to also post Liz's uh, interview from earlier today with Dave Finoy. You can listen to our podcast on our website and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you all so much for being here and good night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.